so when I learned that I was asked to give the homily on the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity, I thought to myself, what? Wait, wait, me? Uh, the greatest doctors of the church and saints and theologians have all kind of tried to grapple with this mystery that's the Holy Trinity. And you want me, a baby deacon, to give a homily on the Most Holy Trinity? So I did the only thing I could think of uh, when I learned about this. I started praying, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. So let me ask you a question, ready? And this question comes from a few experiences I've had in my own life, you know, walking my faith journey and also walking with others on their faith journey. And so the question is this, when you pray, who do you envision in your mind? Do you picture God the Father, maybe with long gray hair and a, and a beard, ancient of days, but infinitely powerful? Or do you picture Jesus, the God the Son, you know, youthful, strong, shorter, dark hair, maybe a short beard? Or maybe you picture God the Holy Spirit, you know, a dove coming down from heaven, or maybe a soft, gentle wind. Or when you pray, do you picture all three together as one? Now. In my own life, when I was a child, I pictured God the Father when I prayed as a strong, distant, older man, kind of like my Uncle George, but with long hair and a beard. Uncle George was kind of like me. He didn't have quite as much hair up there. But Uncle George was a strong man, a farmer, and growing up during a time when tractors were actually horses, how do you like that? He was kind but quiet, much like my image of God. Others I know picture God as Jesus, since he figures the most prominently in the New Testament. And having shared in our humanity, they find him more approachable. How about you? Yeah. And some picture God the Holy Spirit, since they can sense his presence in their hearts and believe that he is near when they're praying. So someone once asked me related to this, when I pray, who should I pray to? The Father, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit? You know what I answered? Yes, um, that's the mystery of our faith. See, we're a Trinitarian faith, and we believe that God is one in three persons, consubstantial, distinct from each other, yet in unity. So you're probably thinking right now, whoa, hold on a second here, Deacon Dave, this is beginning to sound a little bit technical, right? Maybe? Well, you're right, because God is a mystery. Yet God's revealed himself, but despite revealing himself, God is still difficult to fully grasp. And to be honest, since God is infinite in all his ways and we're finite in all of our ways, anybody who claims to fully understand God might be a little mistaken. Now there's a legend that St. Patrick was trying to teach the people in Ireland about the Holy Trinity. Remember Father said it's a legend. Um, discovered that they could not quite wrap their head around this concept, but the Holy Spirit came to his rescue and prompted him to communicate the idea using a simple shamrock or three-leaf clover. Who's ever seen one of those? Anybody not? Wow, okay. I don't know if they have them in Florida, we'll have to go look. It's a tiny plant in which a single leaf has three lobes. And so picking it up and showing it to the people, they were able to visualize the idea of how God could be one, yet three. So as I told my friend, when you pray to God and you picture one of the three persons in your mind, you're in fact praying to all three, since they are one in being, intimately united in love. Now, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen once described God like this. 
and this is something my wife and I like to share with engaged couples that we're working with. He said, the father loves the son, the image of his perfection, and the son loves the father. Love is not only in the father, love is not only in the son. There's something between them, as it were. The father loves the son whom he engenders. The son loves the father who engendered him. They contemplate each other, love each other, unite in a love so powerful, so strong, and so perfect that it forms a bond between them, which is a living bond. They give themselves in a love so infinite that, like the truth, which expresses itself only in the giving of a whole personality, their love can express itself in nothing less than a person who is love, the Holy Spirit. Isn't that what families are? in today's world, families in which the husband loves the wife so much and the wife loves the husband so much that their love is often, oftentimes, expressed in the persons of their children. This is a good, but it's an imperfect reflection of the Holy Trinity because the Son and the Holy Spirit were not created, but are coexistent and co-eternal with the Father. Where this image becomes important is how it shows the loving relationship between the Father and Son and Holy Spirit in which they are united, which God is, love itself, as the Apostle John reminds us. In being loved, they reach out in love to us, you and me. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit reaches out to everyone. And God desires to be in communion, in an intimate relationship with all of us. And that's why God, the Son, shared in our humanity so that he could enter into his mission of redemption, to bring this redemption to all of creation. God, the Holy Trinity, loves every creature and desires to save all. And we, for our part, must cooperate with this love. How do we do this? We do it by returning God's love, which he's given us, with our love for God, which in today's first reading, we show by obeying his commands. You know, and Jesus reminds us in some of the scriptures we heard these past weeks, what's his command? To love one another. I was thinking about this the other day. So why are we scared to live for God? You know, to live in a loving relationship with God. I think sometimes we think that maybe God might ask us to give up some of our little gods. You know, the little gods we sometimes cling a little bit too closely to. But I've come to realize that we are only fully alive when we give ourselves fully to God, who is love. When we do give ourselves fully to God, you know what happens? We find God who created us to be and become fully alive. And we come to a place where we fully love God. And in being there, we discover that we come to fully love those around us, our neighbor and ourselves. But even better, when we reach that place where we fully love God, fully love ourselves, and fully love others around us, we're enabled to go out as God's disciples and take his message, his good news, the gospel, to others so that they too can come to the place that we're at, this place of loving relationship with God, so we can help draw them to him. Now, this weekend is Discipleship Weekend, and in today's gospel, Jesus tells his disciples, go, 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. Now after Pentecost, filled with God the Holy Spirit, they did just that. They went out and told everyone they met about God the Son, the crucified and risen Jesus. You know what? Through our baptism, you and I are called and empowered by God the Holy Spirit as well, just as the first disciples were, to go out into the world and tell everyone we meet, that we encounter, about God, who is love, and about his infinite love for them. So what does it look like in practice? I imagine it looks like how the early believers lived, imitating Jesus, teaching as he taught, healing as he healed, forgiving as he forgave, freely, abundantly, and without cost. We do this wherever God's placed us. I mean, think about that. Wherever God placed us is where he wants us to be, to be his disciples out in the world, in our communities, our places, our work, our families, wherever. Now, Pope Francis in his encyclical Fratelli Tutti speaks for our call to discipleship in terms of serving others by making ourselves present to them and not turning away. He writes, service always looks to their faces, touches their flesh, senses their closeness, and even in some cases suffers that closeness and tries to help them. Let us be committed to living and teaching the value of respect for others, a love capable of welcoming differences and the priority of the dignity of every human being over his or her ideas, opinions, practices, and even sins. Doesn't it sound like the love of God? A love which goes out from a place of community, a place of love to share that love with others, with a hurting world, in hope of bringing everyone into the fullness of relationship with oneself, with each other, and ultimately with God? I think so. We've seen this love displayed in the lives of great saints like Mother Teresa of Calcutta, Maximilian Kolbe, and Father Damien of Hawaii. But I'll bet we've also seen this love displayed in the lives of other saints. Saints who live among us, maybe even in our own homes. Fathers and mothers caring for their children. Adult children caring for their parents. Men and women lovingly caring for their ill spouses, even to the end. People building homes for others, installing ramps for those with need for special access. We've even seen the love displayed in the lives of the children here in the parish who reach out to other children in other parts of the world, in Haiti and even Uganda. And these saints, the canonized and the hidden ones who are among us and live com in community with us here at St. Margaret Mary, are images of that community of the divine persons, the Holy Trinity, the image one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who is love itself. By their love, which they offer back to God, and by their love, which they give to others. Today's gospel told the first disciples, indeed tells all of us here, to go and tell others about God, whom we will receive today, body, blood, soul, and divinity from that altar. And strengthened by this Eucharist, let us go out from here today as God's current day disciples and proclaim his gospel to everyone we meet by our words, by our actions, by our very lives so that they too can come to know and love God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
whom we know and love. In the liturgy hours yesterday, there was a little prayer that I'll end with. We give you thanks, O God. We give you thanks. Trinity, one and true. Divinity, one and most high. Unity, one and holy. Amen.